is Find Your Dream Job, the podcast that helps you get hired, have the career you want, and make a difference in life. I'm your host, Mac Pritchard. I'm also the publisher of Mac's List. It's an online community that connects talented professionals with meaningful work. I believe everyone can find a job they love. But to do this, you need to learn the skills to build a successful career. From professional networking to personal branding, you've got to get good at job hunting. This show helps you do this. Every week on Find Your Dream Job, I interview a different career expert. We discuss the tools and tactics you need to find the work you want. This week, I'm talking to Joel Quaz about why you need to think like a hiring manager. Joel Quaz is an expert in job interviews, resumes, and LinkedIn profiles. He's also a manager with more than 35 years of experience. So Joel has hired hundreds of job seekers. Joel says in today's show that most candidates go to an interview with the wrong perspective. These applicants don't think about what an employer needs, and they don't understand the problems a company faces. The most successful applicants, Joel says, do this homework. These candidates find out what keeps a manager up at night, and they show what they can do to help. When you do this kind of preparation, according to Joel, it's like getting the answers to a pop quiz in advance. And the best way to close an interview, says Joel, is to tell the manager stories that make your points. Want to learn more? Listen in now at the Maxless Studio as I interview Joel Quaz about why you need to think like a hiring manager. Joel Quaz is the founder of Six Second Resumes. He teaches interview skills, helps grow careers, and writes resumes, cover letters, and LinkedIn profiles. Joel is the author of two books, Good Management is Not Firefighting, and Write This Down, You'll Need It Later. He also hosts the Six Second Jobs podcast, and he joins us today from Stenardsville, Virginia. Joel, thanks for being on the show. Mac, thanks for having me. Well, it's a pleasure. And our topic this week, as you know, is why job candidates need to think like a hiring manager. And Joel, you were a hiring manager for a long time, weren't you? I, uh, you worked in management for more than three decades. Yes, and I sat on the other side of the desk, as they say, and I learned a lot in doing thousands of interviews and reading resumes and applications. And in the end, it it just felt like people weren't being taught the proper way to interview or what a hiring manager was looking for so that they could show themselves in their best light. So as my professional career on the operations side wound down, I started Six Second Resumes as a way to give back and teach what I had learned over the years so that people could be more successful in their job search. Well, tell us why do people need to think like a hiring manager? How is that going to help them when they're in that interview room or, or even before they get there when they're putting together, together their application materials? Well, it's really surprising to, to think, but yeah, actually it's not about you. If you're the interviewer or interviewee and you're thinking about a new job, you're thinking, well, maybe I'll be 15 minutes closer to work or it'll look good on my resume or it'll uh, pay me more money and, and it'll be good for me in these ways, but it's really not about you. 
And that's surprising to so many people. And I think that's one of the reasons they struggle during the interview process and the whole hiring process is they don't realize that by thinking like a hiring manager, they're really putting themselves in a position where they can be seen as the best candidate and the most uh, likable candidate. There's a lot of different reasons behind doing that. But first and foremost, you've got to figure out what is going on, why the hiring manager, why that company is hiring in the first place, and then start from there to craft a, a plan on how you can present yourself in the best light. Well, let's talk about the how, Joel. So you're getting ready, you see a job or you're getting ready for an interview. How do you get inside a hiring manager's head when you're probably not going to meet them until you walk into that room? How can you find out about their needs and, and what matters to them? Well, that's one of the exciting things about uh, living in today's environment. When I sold my vending business back in the 80s, I started a job campaign. I had three small children, a wife, a mortgage, and no job. And it was pretty scary. And But I just focused on landing a job. And I, I took three by five cards and the Sunday paper and created a plan that I'm still teaching today, although now... I use Google search and, and inter the internet. And that's really, there's so many resources out there, Mac. It's just so exciting. You can Google the company. You can look at their um, mission statement. You can look at the, the bios of their leaders. Um, you can look at the industry. There's, there's so many different ways you can learn about the company and, and what their challenges are and why they might be hiring in the first place. Well, how do you organize that research? Because we all have only so many hours of the day and the internet is a big, big place. You could research a topic uh, forever. What do you coach people to do, Joel? Well, my, my clients, I teach them basically how to explode the job description. And I, what I mean by that is, is to dissect it. And generally there's five to eight bullet points, which are the key aspects of the position that they're advertising for. And they want you to be, uh, fluent in that in those different areas. And so you can start with that and look at how they're positioning the job and then take out of the mission statement, the company directory, the all of the different resources you have available, you can you can kind of craft your you can see what they're after and then you can take your experience and plug that in to each of those different areas. For instance, they're saying you have to have an M, a BA uh, degree minimum, and you might have a master's. And so you meet and actually exceed that particular one. And you just go through and check those off and create your uh, plan to start positioning yourself so that you're seen as, as the best candidate for that position. And you're making it easier on the hiring manager because they're going to ask you, do you have this? And you're already showing them that you have that. So you're making a checklist uh, of the, the experiences and skills you have that match the, the job posting and, and also uh, complement what you learn on the company's webpage. But what about the pain points? How do you get inside a manager's head and figure out what's keeping them up at night and, and what the problems are that they're particularly looking for help with? Because, Joel, as you know, a lot of job postings can be really vague. And, and that's you have to kind of go behind the scenes a little bit uh, one of the great resources these days is LinkedIn too, and you can you can kind of go, 
around and find out more information. Uh, a lot of people have a contact that either they went to school with or, or, or some uh, connection. And that's one way to, to get a kind of an insider information about what's going on within the company, but also really just looking at, at the, the industry and, and where they're, where they're going and where they've been, you can get a good idea of what, what the needs are um, of the, maybe their sales growth has been phenomenal. And so they, you, you can understand why they're hiring uh, salespeople or, or maybe their sales are tanking and they're looking to hire marketing specialists so that they can reinvigorate their, their brand. So there's different ways that, uh, again, it, it takes a little, kind of maneuvering, but, but the answers are really out there and it's just uh, digging a little bit below the surface and you start to uncover all sorts of exciting things about the company that would be useful in understanding why they're hiring and what, what pain points the hiring manager is going to have. So some of this research is happening online. You're looking at LinkedIn, the company website, the, the job posting, but I'm, I'm picking up, Joel, that some of it uh, involves sending an email to someone or perhaps even picking up the old-fashioned telephone and calling them and, and having conversations with people who might know folks inside the company or, or actually work inside the firm too. In the, in the end, it really is about doing more than just spraying and praying, as they say. You, know, you really have to, if you're very interested in a specific company, then you need to to invest the time in that and, and to learn as much as you can. And, and one way to do that is by networking and, and people are uncomfortable with that. And I think that's why they send out so many generic resumes to even to uh, positions that they might not be qualified for. But when you think about it, you know, you've, you've talked to your aunt, you've made an appointment with a barber, you've ordered flowers, you've dealt with a mortgage company. So you've had conversations and really these, um, networking type of situations are, are just conversations between two people, uh, just as the actual interviews are. And, and it's very important that, that you use those tools and don't be intimidated by them. I think everybody has, a, has a, their own concerns about certain things, but, but this is one thing that you, I'm telling you, you can do it, Mac. Your listeners can do this, and they, they just have to think of it in terms of uh, – of it's just a conversation and they're just uh, they're not asking for a job. They're asking what's going on in the company and how do you like the, the work you're doing and, and how did you get where you are? Uh, and just as a side note on, on LinkedIn, you can also see how people got to where they are. If you're looking at a certain position, uh, if you research all the people who have that position and you can rank it so that you can see those, you can see what they emphasize in their, in their summaries and, and how they show themselves and, and that's another terrific way to position yourself so the hiring manager will see you as the best candidate for the position. I like your point, Joel, about networking being a conversation. And, you know, I, uh, I do a lot of writing in, in my work and uh, I've gone to a lot of writing classes. And again and again, something you hear often is when you're sitting down to write uh, an article or uh, some kind of piece of content, you're often coached to think of it as just writing a letter to an aunt or, or a friend. And it sounds like a cliche, but if you have that mindset, it makes it a lot easier. And I think the quality of your writing improves too, because you're 
trying to write as if you're talking to a, a real person. And if you think about networking that way too, it it results in a, a more, much more authentic conversation, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. And you're more likely to get the desired result, which is uh, an introduction or, or a way that you can then use to land the job in the company that you'd like to work for. Well, this is good homework in and I can imagine listeners thinking, well, how much time do I need to invest in uh, this kind of homework, this kind of research? What has been your experience, Joel? Well, it, it, it really depends on the individual. But I, I would think if, if you're going after a position that pays, say, uh, even $52,000 a year, every, every week that you're unemployed, you're losing $1,000. So, you know, you could, you could pay yourself uh, to spend 50 hours working on a, on a project and, and get yourself ahead. If you, if you landed the job at the end of this week, instead of the end of next week, you you're a thousand dollars ahead. So I think, you know, people get hung up and well, it's going to take me two or three hours to do this, but it's what you're really doing is investing in your future. And, and, you know, we spend more time sometimes deciding on the value menu, value menu at a, at a particular restaurant rather than, whether we're going to apply for a job, the typical job seeker spends about 60 seconds looking at a posting before they decide whether they're going to apply. And that just really isn't enough time to understand, one, if you match the bullet points of the job description, then 80% or more is usually where you have a, the best chance of, of landing that position. But also, you know, does this job make sense for you? Would you enjoy working for this company? Would you enjoy being a part of their team? Um, does it make sense for you? So you have to think about it because in the end, you could be working there four to 27 and a half years and, and you want to make sure that it's a good fit for you as well. Well, speaking of time, we're going to pause for a moment, Joel, take a break and we'll come back right after this announcement. And I want to talk about what happens next after you've done this research, you've done the homework and you're, you've sent off the application and you're getting ready to walk into that interview door. Uh, so uh, stay with us, and we'll be back after this announcement. Employers hire people to solve problems. That's why interviewers ask what are called behavioral questions. Even if you don't know the term, you'll recognize the form. It's a question that often starts with the phrase, tell me about a time. Behavioral questions share a common focus, too. Interviewers want to know how you fix problems. So they ask these questions to learn how you overcame a challenge or what you did in a difficult situation. A manager might say, for example, describe a time when you messed up. What did you do? If you're not prepared, a question like this can unsettle you and turn a good interview into a bad one. It can also lead to the loss of a job offer. But it can be an easy question to answer too. You just need the right strategy. That's why I created my new guide, 100 behavioral interview questions you need to know. And you can get your copy today. Go to maxlist.org slash questions. In this free resource, I give you a four-step process for answering these gotcha questions. I also show you why employers ask these questions, and I give you my best tips for what you need to say. Get your copy today of 100 behavioral interview questions you need to know. Visit maxlist.org slash questions. Again, go to maxlist.org slash questions. 
Now, let's get back to the show. We're back in the Maxlow studio, and I'm talking with Joel Quaz. He's the founder of Six Second Resumes. He's also an expert in management and career growth. And Joel joins us today from Standardsville, Virginia. Now, Joel, before the break, we were talking about why you need to think like a hiring manager. And you made some important points about uh, the value of, of doing research, figuring out uh, the, the problems a hiring manager has, and and putting together the information that's going to show that you can help solve those managers' problems. So you've done all that, and you've gotten an interview. What happens next, Joel? Well, the, the best thing you can do is, is again, it goes back to research and, and understanding, if at all possible, you can figure out more about the person you're interviewing with. But at the very least, you've done your homework about the company. You understand what the pain points are. And you understand what the position is going to be. And on top of that, you have a better idea of your skills and abilities as it relates to each of the different parts of the job posting. So you're ready now. And what I do with my clients is is we discuss stars, actually, um, situations, actions, and results. And it's, it's kind of, it's like a behavioral type of question. You know, tell me about a time where you did this. Uh, but we go to the extent of, of looking at each of the different job bullet points and pulling out every, as I said earlier, exploding the job posting and pulling out everything that relates to that. And then now what success stories do I have that I can tell this hiring manager that relate to that so that they'll remember me over everybody else? Because in the end, it, it really, you know, there might be three or four of us that have the exact same qualifications in the end, the hiring manager is going to pick the one that they can feel comfortable their team working with or that they can feel proud of. Um, you know, Believe it or not, hiring managers have bosses too, generally, and unless they're the CEO of the company. And then they might have shareholders that re- report to them or they report to. So there's a lot of reasons why the hiring manager would want to pick the right candidate. And there's a lot of ways you can show them that you are the right candidate. And again, having those stars lined up in the, in advance, um, your situations, the action you took, and the results in particular um, can make you very memorable. Okay. Well, let's talk about that. So you're getting ready for the interview. You've got these uh, key points that you've identified in the job posting. When you're working with someone one-on-one and they're looking at those bullets, how do you help them uh, construct a story about uh, a particular point. Take us through that, Joel. What does that look like? Well, it, it, let's uh, think about customer service because there are many, almost every position has some aspect of, of interaction with vendors or customers. And so to, to go in the interview and they ask you about your customer service skills and you could say, well, I'm a people person. And that may be true, but uh, my dog, Ricky, she's a people person, but I wouldn't hire her to run a customer service uh, hotline. But on the reverse of that, you know, I was a store manager in Hopewell, Virginia. In, uh, it was Christmas Eve, and it was about 8.30 at night, and the phone rings. We closed at 5 o'clock, and there's a man on the phone screaming at me because the battery for this ride-on tractor that he had bought for his son 
for Christmas, the battery was missing. And what was I going to do about it? And so I said, well, I'll meet you at the store. And then I called my assistant manager uh, and he met me there just in case it was a setup. And it, and it wasn't. And we found another battery and the fellow took it home. And a couple of days later, he came in and thanked me so much for saving Christmas for his seven-year-old son. So in the end, if, if you're the hiring manager and you have two candidates in front of you and one of them is a people person and the other is the Christmas Eve manager, um, who would you pick? I mean, it, it seems pretty obvious to me that you would want to go with somebody who goes above and beyond. And then you could take that to your boss or to your team and say, hey, I've got this person who did this and this. I can picture them doing these same types of things for us in our organization. And I love that story because like a good, any good story, it's going to stick with me and, and anyone who's listening to this show. How do you help you, the people you work with, Joel, find those stories and tell them effectively? It, it really is just jogging their memory. Sometimes I do a lot of national career fair events where people bring their resumes to me and we, we talk for a few minutes and, and I help them see different ways they can position things so that they uh, show better value quicker on the resume. And I usually have a before and after kind of poster of, of resumes. And I had this nurse who was award-winning on one side and then a generic one on the other side. And the woman came up to me and she handed me her resume and she said, well, I'm award-winning. And I said, well, great, show me. And it, she had her own resume and it took her almost four minutes, Mac, to, to find at the bottom of the second page where she was award-winning. She, she had the award. She just, nobody was ever going to see that information and she had forgotten it until she saw it. So uh, one way you can do that, uh, you know, it kind of ties into my book, write this down, you'll need it later. You know, really, uh, I teach college and high school students to collect and think about everything they've done now and just kind of throw it in a folder so that when the time comes, they have it. You know, maybe at work, you're, you're getting um, some sort of an accolade or an award or, a, or something. You can save that information, and then it's there when you need it. Sometimes it just takes somebody reminding you what, the, uh, what you've done. Another thing that is so effective about stories is, and you've, you've touched on this, is they let you show people what you've done or what you can do rather than just relying on, on telling them, don't they, Joel? Well, that's very true. A lot of the resumes I see are a list of responsibilities, and it's great to tell people what, what you've done, but what's missing is the how, how you did it, and what the... Uh, success was. And, and the, if you can quantify it, that makes it even more powerful in terms of being remembered. Now, you, you've mentioned this uh, a moment ago. There can be several candidates going into a final interview, and they've all got the right skills. That's probably why they're there. And one way to stand out is by not just saying you've got a quality, but illustrating how you do how that you've used that quality in your work by telling stories are there other things you can do Joel when you're getting down to that final wire and you're trying to get inside the, the head of that hiring manager and appeal to their needs and and show that you can solve their problems well it's very important to pay attention to your surroundings uh, as an example when I went to work for a big box retailer uh, I drove three and a half hours 
this is back before cell phones, I drove from Hampton to Sterling, Virginia. And as I walked into the office of the person I was interviewing for or with, there was this huge sailboat on the on the wall behind me, a picture of a sailboat. And I had uh, actually lived on a sailboat when I first got out of school and, and managed a gas station for a year before going on to college. I don't even know if we talked about management. We talked about sailing and we talked about all sorts of things. Um, and actually on the way home, he called my wife and told her when I got home to call him back because I had the job. Um, by contrast, I went to another interview and behind the, the man's desk was a, was a plaque. And on the plaque, it said, we're going to have a sales contest. The person who wins gets to keep their job. And so, so that was kind of a, a very different type of interview. And, and again, it, it really, so making that connection uh, and using what you see in your surroundings a lot of times um, makes them feel that you can be a part of that because in the end uh, they're looking for the proper fit. So can I justify you to my boss? Can, will you be comfortable working with my team? Um, am I going to hear anything if I hire you or am I going to look good if I hire you? And, and one way you can assure them is by making that personal connection and, and reminding them that you have this, yes, you have all these skills, but you also have a personal side and, and you would fit into their, their corporate culture. Yeah. This, the second example you cite, of course, makes me immediately think of Glenn Glary, Glenn Ross, and the famous Alec Baldwin uh, monologue about steak knives. I'm, I'm sure you've seen that movie too. Um, but I, I really like your point about the importance of, of looking for common connections, whether it's in the interview room or, or before you get there so you can bring them up. Uh, well, it's been a terrific conversation, Joel. Now, tell us what's next for you. Well, I'm continuing to expand my uh, teaching by offering courses online uh, through Teachable. Now I have a six second jobs club and I'm looking forward to uh, working with people. My, my clients who are members of the jobs club have weekly webinars and they're getting a lot of uh, actionable resources. And I'm working on some other, other programs uh, to complement the resume writing and career coaching and other services that I'm already providing. So I'm looking forward to the future and helping more people land their jobs. Oh, terrific. I know people can learn more about you and the Six Second Job Club by visiting sixsecondsresume.com slash jobs club. And there's a hyphen between six and seconds and seconds and resumes. But we'll be sure to include the URL in the show notes for this episode as well as uh, the article on our website. Uh, well, Joel, thanks for joining us today. It's been a pleasure. Mac, thank you for having me, and I hope your audience got a lot of actionable information. Oh, it was very valuable. Thank you, Joel. I appreciated Joel's perspective as a hiring manager. He was somebody who sat across the desk for more than three decades talking to different candidates and I think the insights he had into interviews were, were just so valuable. And his point about thinking about the needs of a hiring manager is one we brought up again and again on this show. But it's, uh, I think it always bears repeating. Think about that mindset of the interviewer before you go into your next interview. And here's another way you can get ready. 
don't let yourself be surprised by tough behavioral interview questions. We've got a resource that can help. It's called 100 Behavioral Interview Questions You Need to Know. And you can get it today. Go to maxlist.org slash questions. Again, the URL is maxlist.org slash questions. Well, thank you for listening to today's episode of Find Your Dream Job. And join us next week. Our guest will be Lakeisha Tomlin. She'll explain how to turn down a job offer. Until next time, thanks for letting us help you find your dream job. (laughs) 